Gabriel might have been scratching his head at this one. I mean, he wasn't one to question his God-given mission. I mean, sending fire and dividing seas. I mean, they were all an eternity's work for this angel. When God sent, Gabriel went. And when word got out that God was to become a man, a human, Gabriel, he was enthused. He was excited. I mean, he could just envision this moment. The Messiah in a blazing chariot. Oh, and the king descending on a fiery cloud. Explosion of light from which the Messiah would emerge. Oh, wow. That's what Gabriel expected. What he never expected, however, was what he got. A slip of paper with a Nazareth address. God will become a baby, it read. Tell the mother to name the child Jesus. And tell her not to be afraid. I mean, Gabriel was never one to question. But this time, I mean, he had the wonder. God will become a human baby? Now, Gabriel had seen babies before. He'd been the platoon leader on the bulrush operation, you know, back in Egypt. And, and he remembered what that little Moses looked like. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my. I mean, that becoming a baby thing, that's okay for humans, he thought to himself. But God? Oh, my. I mean, the heavens can't contain him. How could a human body? <laughs> Besides, he thought, have, have you seen what comes out of one of those little guys? <laughs> Hardly befitting for the creator of the universe. I mean, babies must be cared for and, and fed and, and bounced and bathed. I mean, to imagine some mother burping God on her shoulder... Oh, my, that was even beyond what an angel could imagine. And, and what was his name? What was his name again? Jesus? Oh, come on, such a common... I mean, there's a Jesus in every cul-de-sac. I mean, even Gabriel had more punch to it than Jesus. I mean, call the baby eminence, if you must, or majesty, or heaven-sent. Anything but Jesus. Gabriel shook his head. I mean, what happened to the good old days? <sighs> you know, the Sodom and Gomorrah stuff and that flooding the globe thing. How about those flaming swords at the entrance to the Garden of Eden? Oh, that's the action Gabriel liked. But Gabriel had his orders. Take the message to um, Mary. Oh, boy. She must be such a special girl. Oh, it would be wonderful, he assumed. So he did what he was told. <laughs> boy, oh, boy, was Gabriel ever shocked. I mean, one peak told him Mary was no queen. I mean, this mother-to-be of God, not regal. I mean, she was this 
Jewish peasant girl who barely had outgrown her acne. And she had a crush on a cute guy named Joe. And speaking of Joe, I mean, what does this fella know anyway? I might as well be a weaver in Spain or a cobbler in Greece. I mean, he's a carpenter? I mean, look at him over there. Sawdust in his beard, nail apron around his waist. You're going to tell me God is going to have dinner every night with him? You're telling me the source of all wisdom is going to call this guy dad? You're telling me this common laborer is going to be charged with giving food to God? I mean, what if he gets laid off? I mean, what if he gets cranky? What if he decides to run off with that pretty little girl from the next village? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, where will we be? I mean, it was all Gabriel could do to keep from turning back. Oh, this is a peculiar idea you have, God. He must have been muttering to himself. Friends, do you think God's guardians, his angels, think about such things? Kind of a fun thought, isn't it? How about you? I mean, are you still stunned by God's comment, by still staggered by the event? I mean, does Christmas still spawn the same speechless wonder it did 2,000 years ago? Or have you become so used to the story that we no longer see what an incredible feat it was? I mean, have we become dulled and lulled and ho-hummed with its familiarity? Well, I've asked myself that question over the years. And I remember a time when, when I experienced a good um, reminder of what God actually did, what this God coming to earth was actually about. I remember being in a shopping mall several weeks before Christmas. Um, that was, of course, at a time before shopping malls became almost obsolete because of Internet and online shopping taking over the way we buy and acquire our presents and gifts nowadays. Well, there was, there was a Christmas display in the mall. And a manger scene. I mean, you know, the, the old-fashioned, the animal stable with straw and, and a manger. There's Mary and Joseph staring down in the wonder at a baby lying in a feeding trough, a manger. I mean, that was, of course, at a time when you could actually say the word Christmas rather than being coerced into saying it's merely the winter holiday break. Stick with Christmas, folks. Well, because I, like most other folks in the mall, were, I mean, I was scurrying around in the hurry and guests coming and Santa dropping in and sermons to prepare and services to plan and presents to purchase. I mean, I was so preoccupied with doing my business, I almost didn't see something that, that actually, when I looked, kind of set me on my heels. Because I saw over at that Christmas stable display a young dad. He was in a baseball cap, working clothes. And he was kneeling beside the level of his little guy, maybe three or four years old perhaps, and little guy in jeans and, and high tops, and he's staring at the manger's infant, this little guy was. And the young dad, he was, he was down there kind of gesturing, first towards Joseph and then towards Mary, and, and then the star hanging over the creche, and then the little baby lying in a manger. Well, the young father, I mean, he was very obviously telling the story of the baby Jesus. Oh, oh, the twinkle in that little guy's eyes. The wonder on his little face. 
I mean, he didn't speak. He just listened to the dad. Well, I didn't move as I was watching all this. I just watched. And I kept thinking, what's this little guy thinking about? What questions were filling his head? Could they have been the same questions as Gabriel's, the angel? What sparked that amazement on the little guy's face? Was it the magic? And why was it that out of the hundreds of folks of God's children that day in the mall, only two paused to consider his son, God's son? What's this, this December demon that steals our eyes and stills our tongue? I mean, isn't this the season to pause and pose Gabriel's question? You know, the tragedy is it's not that we can't answer them, can probably, but that we're too busy to ask them. Only heaven knows how long Gabriel fluttered above Mary before he took a breath and broke the news. But he did. He told her the name, he told her the plan, and he told her not to be afraid. And when he announced, with God, nothing is impossible. I picture he said it as much for himself as for her. For even though he couldn't answer the question, he knew who could, and that was enough. My friends, even though we can't answer them all, taking time to ask a few might be a good start. How about this question? I think this is a biggie. Why Jesus come? Why did he come? Well, I give you the answer there already. Because of love. That's right. Jesus came not simply to provide the basis for a cute, heartwarming story told in the middle of cold, snowy Minnesota winter, but because of love. That's right, love. His children, whom he loved, call him Abba. Abba means daddy. It's another name used for God of the universe, Abba, Daddy. And Abba loves his kids. Abba, Daddy, he, he's a great God. He really is. But be assured, he's not a wimpy dad. Nope. He doesn't buckle under and give in when his kids fuss and whine and beg or plead for something and want more. Mm-mm. Abba, God. He's a God of integrity. God of dependability. He always, emphasize, always keeps his word. I mean, he made that very clear from the beginning of mankind's existence back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And that he expected and demanded perfection. He would not tolerate sin. That is disobedience to him. Not a bit. No fudge factor. No second chance. No, that's okay. I love you. Uh-uh. He said it this way in Ezekiel 18.20. The soul that sins will die. Whoa! That is some heavy-duty stuff. You see, Abba doesn't allow for any exceptions. Mm -mm, no opting out if you don't like it. Big problem for you and me, right? So do you see the dilemma? I mean, God loves his kids. Oh, he doesn't want anything bad to happen to them. But he also keeps his word. That means a punishment's going to happen. That means a death 
a death has to happen in order to satisfy the required punishment for sin. What to do? What to do? How can Daddy keep his word and yet keep mankind alive and healthy? Ah, we finally get to the crux of why Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago on Christmas. God came up with this brilliant plan, a plan satisfying both the parts of his love and integrity and the necessity for dealing with sin. Sin would be dealt with, and yet mankind would be able to live. And the plan included the required punishment, death. But the death would not be mankind who actually deserved it because of the personal sin. No, the death would be inflicted upon God's own son, who never sinned and didn't deserve death. No, Jesus would die as mankind's proxy, mankind's substitute. Wow, what a plan. And so Jesus arrives into this world at a rural Bethlehem address, being placed in a wooden cradle. And then 33 years later, he completed his assignment on another piece of wood. This time it was a splintered wooden cross where he was hung on a hill called Calvary. The switch, one death for another, successfully made. So I ask again, why did Jesus come to this planet? Because of love. 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 For God so loved the world that he gave his own son. That whoever, who does that include? Who? Ever believes in him. Everyone. Won't perish, but have eternal life. Love it. Wow. What a tremendous gift from God to us. It's definitely a Christmas present to get excited about. Now, as we leave here this morning, my friends, I want you to consider this very simple yet very profound and eternally important question. Do I believe God means what he says? You see, depending on how you answer that question, it's going to make all the difference in the world to you. For you and how you will spend eternity. My hope on this Christmas day is for each of us here that we cling tightly to the gracious and loving promise to us from our Abba, our Daddy. Because very simply, he promises, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He promises. Remember what Gabriel said? With God, nothing is impossible. Amen.